I'm Heather of Tangled Bee Crafts. I'm Jessie of A Polar Night, and together we are the Not So Crafty Gorgons. Woo! I once again almost forgot my own business name because that's who I am as a human. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure when you said not and then paused if you wanted me to say so and then we we're going to do some weird <laughs> like cheerleader back and forth thing. I was like, I don't, we've not talked about this, Jesse. Now I've just decided it's a game show. <laughs> now you're going to stand in the money vortex. <laughs> Ooh. Just kidding, we have no money. <laughs> no money, no vortex. <laughs> so today's episode is on starting new crafts, yeah. how, what that process looks like, and when you procrastinate on starting a new craft or continuing your craft. So it's kind of a, 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 a what's that word? I'm Amalgamation. Like, thank you. The one I can't pronounce that I just gave it a go while recording. Woo! Um, of Teamwork. different topics that kind of relate to each other. Like our whole, every episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, like, is it different? We should have called ourselves, like, off-topic crafting, really. <laughs> <laughs> Not so crafty on topic. Not so on topic crafty corkins. <laughs> Spend the next 20 minutes coming up with a name for ourselves. The Segway Corkins. <laughs> We are the Segway Queens. <laughs> I'm not talking about the machine. So, procrastinating, to give a definition, is when you do a craft instead of what you should be doing. But what on earth do we call it? And again, we're going for def- today. The word of the day is definitions. Because <laughs> we're a thesaurus and a dictionary. And a dictionary. Oh, uh, it would be so cute if there was like fan art of us one is the source and one is a dictionary oh. if anybody could do that i would love you forever that would be so cute what do we call it though when the thing you should be doing is crafting i see you there guilty face <laughs> all of you all of us <laughs> i was like me yes me <laughs> yeah because heather's like wow you really called me out there no i'm Thanks. calling everyone out <laughs> valid including myself so, you've started a craft, sort of. You haven't actually started the craft, but you've bought all of the stuff, or at least most of the stuff, because in or, my experience, go for it. you buy 90% of it, and you realize that you are missing that 10%, and you can't actually start it. So you sit down, and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't buy that one tool that I need to do all this. And then you kick the can further down the road. My experience, or I guess my favorite experience is discovering a new craft like when I'm reading comments on a different type of craft and then it gets mentioned somewhere in the comments and then I go down the rabbit hole of research and then I'm like I need to do this right now which is how I came to bullet journaling okay how did you come to bullet journal like what was the rabbit hole that led you there so the actual rabbit hole that it started with was book binding And then I got on a thing on wax seals. And then that led to ephemera, which led to junk journaling. That's a journey. It's quite a journey. And guess what crafts I now have in my collection? All of those? Yes. Although, to be fair, I learned about bookbinding in college. So. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. But I I was like, oh, I'm going to get back into this. I, I did as well for my degree. We had to. So 
I don't even remember what class covered it. I just remember being forced to do it. I just, like, went to a workshop voluntarily that my college campus was hosting. And I remember just being like, ooh, I'm going to be a librarian. (laughs) Even though I wasn't studying library science at all. So. That's just who I am as a person. That's fair. Yeah. So do you have the experience, too, of buying all the stuff to do a craft and you just sit on it like a dragon for a little while before you actually start doing it? Mmm. Yes and no. So fun fact, I bought a silhouette cameo in June on my birthday, for my birthday. Maybe not on my birthday. I think it was like the day before my birthday, but with that like birthday coupon thing. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't used it. Okay. My birthday was in June. But I bought all the supplies for it. That's about my waiting period for like between buying a book on a craft and actually initiating the craft because I also tend towards crafts that involve a lot of materials and tools. So I run into that issue a lot where I'm like, well, I have all of the things to use it like A way, but what if I want to use it B way? And then I need this tool, this type of material, (laughs) this thing. like Yes. And it just becomes a thing. I actually have that right now with – I'm doing a different type of jewelry and I don't want to give away too much, but I need a couple more things to make it safer. And so I don't have the right safety equipment. And Mm. I don't really want to proceed any further without the correct safety equipment. I also tried to make a piece and um, I took a picture of it. (laughs) I'm going to keep that picture of it uh, forever. We've now undone that piece and I've salvaged part of the materials. But uh, yeah, I, I need to do that. And it's just been sitting in the middle of my living room still with all these different moving parts, which... I had to buy so much stuff for this craft. So I actually, I have a friend. I have a friend. Do say, you? I do. I have, I have a few friends. <laughs> You're like, what? Aren't you my friend? <laughs> I specifically have this person that I'm trying to define. Let me put it that way. I have, I have someone who I believe is still a friend. But she made a really good um, observation in regards to crafting. And she's a seamstress, immensely talented, like just absolutely mind-numbingly just, I look at her work and I'm like, you made that. Holy shit. Like, that's really good. And I even have watched her, like, work process and I'm like, I can't cut fabric as cleanly as you do. I don't know what she's doing, like, but she's doing all of it correctly. Um, But she said that, like, she falls into the trap of looking at something and thinking about it so much that it's like, oh, it's so easy. And then never doing the thing or like take procrastinating mm. on it because it's so easy. It almost feels like the thing will just do itself. Self. And then you realize that it's not going to do itself. And that was just such a realization for me that I do the same thing. That Because I've thought about it. I've read the book. I know all the technical aspects of it, but I haven't put my hands to it yet. Or if it's something I already know how to do or like a new technique that's in the vein of something. I'm like, oh, well, I already know how to do A. Like doing B will be easy. But I haven't actually done it. That's so interesting because I am very different. I like I get haunted by that. Like the idea of doing something, if I get really excited about it, I can't not do it. And, like, it will literally keep me up at night. And I'll think about it and think about it to the point that there have been times where I have gotten up in the middle of the night to start the project because I'm so antsy about it. 
That's interesting. Yeah, mine is definitely like a, I, I've thought about it so much that I feel like I've already done it. And then I look and I'm like, oh, I have a bunch of unfinished materials. I have not actually started this project, even though I've started it eight times in my head. It's like how I approach preparing for episodes and writing papers in college where I was like, oh, I've written the paper in my head like eight times. I've give, done the episode in the belly of my apartment you know nine times like I have already done it and I'm like no but you haven't yet you haven't done it yet you've just thought about it a lot and rehearsed interesting because for me when I think of procrastinating I think about it in the context of I craft to like the detriment of other obligations yeah so that's super interesting which is I've done that but I tend to also because I'm wondering how much of it is different too and it's one of the points that I've been mulling over and haven't come to a conclusion on because crafting is sort of a business for me Mm. if that changes it from fun to an obligation and I think it absolutely does and so for me I will sometimes do a different craft than the one I'm supposed to be doing quote unquote sure um but sometimes doing the thing that I know is going to like bring in income will not be the first thing that I do which is it's totally counterproductive. Even if it's something I'm excited about starting, I'll just mull it over so much and then never start it. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I have the issue of I start so many projects, but I also, like, want to see them finished so badly that, like, I have, like, to-do lists for that. And I will, like, make the to-do list about the craft project, but not the things I need to do in real life, like laundry. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, my things all go on the same to-do list. So, like, for instance, I've been working on a parka, and I say working on very loosely. Now, to be fair to me, to be completely fair to myself, because I deserve that, um, the room where the parka exists is not in order. The parka is frequently living inside of a tote. Sure. uh, At this point, because we just finished some aspects of my house that now are going to make it possible for me to actually lay out a project close a door and leave it on the table so I'll actually be able to make progress without needing to pack everything up put all the little pieces of fur away like how exciting I know it's gonna be so good like this year is just coming up Jesse Ooh, that's how I feel after surgery it's gonna be coming up Jesse yay <laughs> uh but you I do think, deserve that though thank you yeah um it's it's definitely one of those things where like I think that's also my an aspect of my procrastination now is like I will do the thing that is easier to do that I can do in the living room and then I can put it away without needing to take out 80 supplies to restart my project sure yeah and unfortunately the stuff that makes me money is stuff that has to sit out because it takes me a while to finish it (laughs) yeah no I totally get that it's yeah I'm not contributing much. I'm making random noises at this point (laughs) just talking (laughs) so I actually have like some ideas uh about reducing procrastinating on things because I so here's the funny thing it's one of those like people that are really good professionally at things are sometimes not so great at managing those things in their personal lives and I am a really prime example of that I've worked with um students and humans in different capacities in terms of helping people manage learning disabilities, um, developmental disabilities, helping them manage schoolwork, day-to-day life stuff, all that stuff. I'm, I'm really good at that as my work. 
when it comes to myself and managing my <laughs> own uh, things, I'm not really that great at self-management. Like, honestly, if I didn't have a husband at night, I'd probably, like, just have a can of beans while standing over the sink. So, Ooh, <laughs> my favorite depression meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would just be, like, I, I would not even know how to take care of myself if I didn't have other humans that lived with me. So, like, yeah. I'm really I – I have a theory list here of – ways to reduce procrastinating that I know work and maybe I can employ them myself but I'd like to share them with you I would love to hear them cool so commit to working on something in small pieces like if you don't feel like working on something try for 10 minutes then move on like you don't need to sit there and beat your head into the desk to work on a craft project but like sometimes for me I don't feel that initial feeling of wanting to work on it, but I sit down, I get into it, and then I realize I actually did want to work on it. So giving that opportunity for that to happen. Sure. Um, and then just keeping it small. I will say sometimes one of the ways I approach that is like, okay, I may not have it in me to make the thing, but I at least have the energy to like prep it and get all the materials like together in a project bag. Yeah. So like that's one way that I go about that. So this way I like incrementally reduce the barriers to myself being able to do it. And that's a really, really good way to, to do that too. And I will do this. I've definitely done the same. Um, and then if it's at the point of even being partially pieced together, I just won't put pressure on it. Like, I don't go in with the idea of we're going to finish it today. Sure. Like, I think that's one of my biggest downfalls is feeling that pressure to get it done. Which is really hard with some types of crafts. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's some crafts that it's like, yeah, I should legitimately do this in 30 minutes. And like, then it takes eight hours. Like, if scrapbooks were real, I'd imagine that would be one that would be really difficult to do in a sitting. If it was exactly. real. If, if it, they were real. Yeah. Um... I would say another thing, and this is honestly just good life advice, I think. Cut the guilt. And Mm -hmm. I'm so guilty of feeling (laughs) guilty about everything. Um, There's a really funny song uh, by Cheryl Wheeler called Unworthy. And it's, if you are familiar with this feeling, please listen to that song. It's really funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll make you listen to it in the car probably. Okay. Uh, but crafting is fun. Keep it fun. Like, don't feel guilty because you've had this thing that you're not working on. I am struggling with that with my parka because literally I have a coat that is falling apart at this point that I have to now mend mend for another season. It was literally a jacket that was bought for one of my foster daughters and she didn't want it. And I fostered children like almost five years ago now this is a five-year-old coat that is like a and it's a hand-me-down basically from my foster daughter who wore it first uh it is not in any kind of one piece anymore I need to finish my parka and the whole agreement was we would buy the things to make the parka so that we wouldn't buy a coat so now I just have fur and fabric but no coat (laughs) and we live in Alaska so I actually need to work on it especially soon yeah it's starting to get cold pretty fast luckily I'm spending like half the season inside so that's my justification for I don't have to worry about it that much sure (laughs) but it needs to be done by next year um but I'm gonna try to eliminate that guilt of like wow we spent so much money on these materials that I haven't done anything with yet so do as I say not as I do do. <laughs> but you have reduced the number of barriers between you and completing the project. 
that's valid. And that's the way I think of it is, no, I may not have done it on the timeline I thought I would, but I have reduced the number of barriers in completing. And I've also had a mind towards like looking at uh, Koopa patterns and I've had a mind towards, so like there's other things that I've done mentally, which there is that like, oh, it's so easy, it'll do itself. But there is also a validity to the mental work of planning a project and thinking about it. And I've done some of that to the point that we went out to go buy fabric and I bought the zipper for my parka. True, I was with you for that. Yeah. And for those of you who have not spent extensive time in Alaska, a kupak is the designs that are like uh, for the trim. And so it's usually sewn different layers of like bias tape and different things for the edging and borders. Yeah, and traditionally it would have been done with pieces of fur that would have been cut into shapes and then sewn together. But nowadays it's largely done with bias tape. And they look stunning. I love doing it. It's so, it's just such a relaxing thing to do is to like take all the little pieces and sew them together. Like layer them and get yeah. like the little designs. Yeah. It's really frustrating when you mess it up and you need to seam rip, but it's so relaxing otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Does your seam ripper have a name? It doesn't yet, actually, because I lose them too often. I have, like, five or six of them, the same way I have, like, five or six pairs of glasses, and I have four different pairs of sewing scissors. Valid. I have favorite sewing scissors that no one's allowed to touch, but I also have other backup pairs that I can use in a pinch. Interesting. I I lose everything. I have had the same seam ripper since I took Susan Hope's sewing class. Oh, that's really nice. It's like a a six-year-old seam ripper. We took the same class. Oh, just at different times. Yeah. Um, I would say to create a timeline, but be realistic and build in a buffer. Mm-hmm. My timeline for my parka <laughs> is to get it done in the next two years. I think that's very realistic now that certain things have changed in my life. Sure. Yeah, and I... For me with timelines, my approach to setting timelines for myself, I also, this may be the most ridiculous thing ever, but I also factor in that there's probably going to be at least one or two other projects that I'm going to want to start in the timeline of doing this other project. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I have to factor in like all the jewelry pieces that I want to do. Or like if I'm, usually if I'm actually working on business stuff, I'm calculating for multiple pieces or I'm thinking about a collection. I'm not just thinking about the one piece that I'm working on. I'm thinking about multiple. So sometimes that can change it too. Yeah. And building in the time for marketing and other things. Sure. The other thing is going to be also like uh, materials acquisition, especially if you have something that's a little bit more... um, scarce like and I'm trying to think of an example but like certain types of fibers you can only get in certain places um if you want a specialty fabric by a certain dyer you're not going to get it necessarily right when you want it because they go out of stock so Mm -hmm. yeah factoring that in too I have that with uh I have some beads that I buy uh, specifically from creators overseas, and there's only so many of them available. Mm. So, and they're some of my more popular ones that I sell. Sure. So I have to kind of build in the receiving the materials. Yeah. Or just not set the timeline until you receive it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that I find to be absolutely exhausting on this front 
is decision fatigue. And I mm-hmm. experienced that throughout my entire life at this point. And I'm yeah. sure you can relate because you're a mom. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make decisions for four people. And I'm a supervisor. So I also have to like make supervisory decisions on a regular basis too. So you're just, you're composed of decision fatigue at this point. Mm-hmm. You're just a cloud of it. Mm-hmm. I'm best friends with decision cloud. fatigue. That's cool. S- stinky cloud. <laughs> stinky cloud. You smell fine. I can't decide what perfume to wear. I'm just going to wear them all. (laughs) Uh, So I would say give yourself the tough love on that one in terms of crafting. If you are trying to pick between different things, like for instance with embroidery, I get stuck on what stitch am I going to use right here to fill this space. Make a choice and try it. You know, especially if it's something like you can rip out, like most of the time you can honestly, I'm thinking of multiple crafts, you can go over something, you can change it, just make the decision and try it. Okay, just pick one of the options, go with it. If you're sitting on it because you're trying to make a choice, well, you need to just destroy your darlings and jump in there and do it. One of my favorite pieces of advice for that is to flip a coin if you are between two options because when it's up in the air and about to land, you're going to want it to land on something specific. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how you know. So regardless of what it ends up ultimately landing on, you suddenly are like, oh, but I really hope it lands on this. And that's a really good time too to check in with yourself on like, is there a reason why I have these two choices? Like, is one of them the one that I really want? And is one that for some reason I'm guilting myself into feeling like I should do? Ooh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like, sometimes there's a stitch that I haven't tried yet. And I have, like, it's going to sound crazy. I have a weird guilt because I haven't tried the stitch that I learned about. Which it's not like I owe that to anybody. Like, the universe no, isn't going to be like, you haven't tried every embroidery stitch. Like, shame on you. You're How now dead. Yeah. Like, someday I'm not a master. The scales of judgment is going to be based off of the embroidery stitches that I've tried in my <laughs> lifetime. Oh, man. If that's the case, I am doomed. <laughs> <sighs> or, like, I'll feel like I need to use the more technically, this is actually more common, is that I need to do the more technically advanced stitch. Sure. I like for me, for example, one of the ways it comes up is when I'm cross stitching of how I handle the back and like, do I want it? Do I want to put in the work of making it a pretty back or do I just want to enjoy the stitching process? Mm -hmm. And I almost invariably default to just enjoying the process. I'm like, whoever the fuck is focusing on the back of my project has issues. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly. There's a, yeah, I don't understand the obsession with the backs of like, I I mean, there's some people that they pride themselves on making it super clean and those people are just not my people and that's fine. Well, and it's like, if that's what gives you joy, go for it. But like, don't hold others to that very intense standard. Yep. So, because I can make pretty backs, but it's like, I don't get joy out of doing it. Yeah. Like, Like, I I don't get that thrill. I adore black work, and I marvel at when people can make it look the same on the front and the back. I will never do that. That will never, ever be me. Now, watch in 10 more years and be like, guys, guys, I did my first black work piece where the front and the back are the same. (laughs) So, like, I guess never say never. But it's really unlikely. It just doesn't line up with who who my personality is at all. Yeah, I also really enjoy this, like, when people just refuse to choose, and so they do two projects with, like, the two choices. So, for example, in this stitch along that I'm doing, 
we were giving we were given two palettes to choose from and I've seen people already like kit up for both palettes and mm-hmm. I'm just like wow okay it's very intense so but it's it's a solution you yeah. don't have to choose it's true you could do all of them just do all of them <laughs> right we're it's not like you have an issue with procrastinating or anything <laughs> uh the other tip that I'm gonna give is to schedule it in and it's one of those things that like I I don't know how I even feel saying it because I'm one of those people that like when I've had like I've I've been to marriage counseling in the past okay I'm gonna put like not with my current spouse but with other spouses and like we've literally been told like you need to schedule day night you need to schedule sex you need to schedule like these are things that therapists actually do tell you to do and it's a valid way to do it, and I kick against it. I don't want to schedule in the thing that should bring me joy. I don't want to schedule in the thing that should be a, spont- a spontaneous, like, oh, I'm home from work, I'm chilling, like, I'm going to go do some crafting. I don't want to. Everything in me and who I am, I want to leap <coughs> before I look. And honestly, scheduling it is a perfectly valid way to do it, and I hate it. <laughs> I like to multicraft. So I like to craft while I'm doing other things. So like I craft during meetings at work. (coughs) Sorry, awkward coughing. But I like to, so like I have Mondays are like my meeting heavy days. And the only way I can get through it is by like crafting. And so I always have either a cross stitch or a crochet project that I can work on during the meetings. And it's just like so normalized at this point everybody is so used to it with me that like it's just like oh what are you working on this time what are you working on so it's super normalized but I can do it mindlessly Mm -hmm. you know I don't do projects where I'm like having to constantly pay attention to what I'm doing um but that's one way I make it work for me I've been practicing my my crochet tension because I just have like this junk piece that I'm gonna end up unraveling um, that I've been practicing, like, making it consistent. And I've been doing that during work meetings, so I find that interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun, and then that's how I'm, like, I'm guaranteed that time to craft. I have never not been able to craft during that time, and it makes that time more enjoyable. So I just wish I could, like, fit that in with, like, when I'm doing chores, like laundry, somehow. <laughs> I don't have enough arms. <laughs> I need to be an octopus mom, octo mom, but where I have eight arms, not eight kids. <laughs> no, no eight kids. Please. God no. <laughs> like I feel like run down, which is two, and my husband does most of the work. <laughs> I yeah, and I'm I have two cats and a dog, and I look at you and I'm like, how are you awake right now? Because like I'm tired from dealing with my animals, man. <laughs> Yeah, children are a sap. Beautiful, sweet, loving, amazing, cherished, miraculous sap. <laughs> um, but I can relate to that because I'm a doodler. Like, I always, it almost helps me focus more yep. on what's being said if I have something in my hands, which is a, it, it's a coping skill for sure. And it's one of the ones that I have recommended and even seen people use as a educational accommodation in college and younger. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things with me is, like, when I was in college classes, I didn't take notes. I crocheted, and I aced my tests. But if I was in a class that, like, forced me to take notes where you, like, had to turn in the notes, 
I would brain dump. Like, I wasn't retaining because I was, like, so focused on, like, the, like, words and not what they meant. So. Yeah, that's interesting because I think I have, like, a something with my memory correlates to things like that better as well. If I look at a piece that, like, let's say I was listening to, like, an audio book while I was working on the piece – um, I will remember what I was listening to when I was making that piece. Like historically, I listen to Anna Karenina every year around Christmas time or like before leading up to the Christmas season when I would do oh, sales. So all those jewelry pieces, I would remember like when we were listening to the like cutting the grass, you know, scene, um, the scene where Anna throws herself in front of the train, you know, like I know which piece I was working on at that point. Um, and then I to a spoiler alert, oh, please everyone to I have not actually. Nobody dies. It's fine. Did you didn't hear that? <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who just had Anna Karenina ruined like me, you can join the support group on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's read it in high school. It's fine. I didn't. I read Jude the Obscure. I will try not to ruin Ethan Frome for you. That's another delightfully depressing one, and you should also listen to it. Ooh, I'll get the wine ready. <laughs> um, but I like then, to read things and be sad <laughs> and make it worse with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and then go cry to my husband and put him in the awkward position of trying to understand <laughs> what is happening right now. <laughs> I want to support my wife, but I don't understand what happened. We were buying two hours ago. (laughs) On a less depressing note, though, I have like a cute little story about that kind of brain link. Has to do with Minecraft. So (laughs) one day I was on my base in this, uh, I call it Whip Estonia. And it's my longest save on the Xbox version of the game because I have eight copies of Minecraft and we're just not going to talk about that. But I have eight copies of Minecraft. And on this one copy of Minecraft that I have, I have a save. And I'm there and I'm cutting, I'm clear cutting a forest. Heather, don't judge me. I'm clear cutting this forest to make way for a build that is still actually not done to this day. But I'm there in the forest and I remember where I was and I get a text from my friend and we're talking and my friend is going through a hard time. And my friend had a bunch of, like, just really heavy stuff happen. And now I not only think of, like, that particular time and those particular trees when I think about that person, but anytime I'm cutting down any Minecraft tree, and anyone who's ever played knows that the first thing you do is punch a tree. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And you are just, for the whole game, you need wood for everything. Yep. Every single time... That I do anything with a freaking tree in Minecraft, I now think of my friend Rush. Hi, Rush. Um, so Rush is forever indelibly linked to the trees in Minecraft. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It makes me think of like working on a project and then like when you have like a negative interaction with somebody and then you don't want to finish the project because you associate that project with that person. Yep. So. Yeah, I had that one piece that was supposed to be a gift for someone. With where, the ink. Where I, yep, yeah, I've scarred you for less yep. years. I'm like, I remember. Yeah, oh, I, I remember. remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's now that lovely watercolor piece, though. Oh. Yeah, the one that's the punch needle with the watercolor around the edges that matches. That Ooh. has the design hidden underneath that fucking tree. You brilliant bitch. I am, thank you. <laughs> but I look at that piece and I think about raccoons and I'm angry. <laughs> 
So it's fine. It'll be a gift for someone. Good. If I give you that tree, I, I do love you, but I I am angry about. I don't I don't want to see it. You take it, you put it in your home, and you put it in a room I can't see. <laughs> also, I love you. <laughs> Preferably not in a similar spot to where Jessie put her butt pink. <laughs> Because that'll just be really eye-catching. <laughs> my butt is in the hallway for anyone who didn't hear the last the episode where we were, like, Heather's just staring at my ass the entire time. And, like, trying not <laughs> to be awkward about it, but it's, like, one of those, like, really fun, cute pictures where, like, you paint your butt and leg and you sit on a canvas and it's beautiful and, like, love the human form representation. But also I'm, like... I, this is where I always look when we're podcasting. <laughs> now there's a butt. <laughs> Which it will be mo- being moved into my bedroom. So, Yay. like, you won't have to be infl- have the butt inflicted upon you. I mean, unless it's you... It's a beautiful butt, but there's no way I could, like, navigate that socially appropriately. Like, I'm like, I have not been given the script for this situation. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, uh... You you might actually maybe I'll just give you the tree because you'll know what's under it. Wait, what? Plot twist. Okay. Well, actually, you want a real plot twist. Okay. So it's funny that you brought up the butt because my butt painting has a twin out there. There's another butt painting out there. Did I tell you no. this? No. There's another butt I painting. There was only one. The person that was supposed to get the raccoon. The raccoon has the other butt painting. What a dick. So, he has the other butt That's painting. Weird. He has. I other... feel weird. Yeah, I don't know. And it's not even my butt. Here's the thing: is I hope that he's actually like hung it up and is enjoying it. Okay, I actually do hope that. I don't want it just sitting on someone's floor who's not enjoying my butt print. If you're gonna have it, I want you to enjoy it, and I want you to really miss my butt. Okay. Part yeah, I was gonna say. Well, part of me hopes that like his future partners are just like very uncomfortable with it, and then just like fuck this dude. Yeah. Because so, I'm vindictive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not, so you can be on my behalf. Yes. But I will give you the tree because I know it'll I also emotionally scar you're gonna you. Say you're going to give me the butt. <laughs> Do you want your own butt print? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would I explain this to my kids? <laughs> Where could I put it? <laughs> that is both respectful, but also I have children. I like, and it's not a concern of it being an inappropriate gift for our friendship. It's more that she has children. Oh, man. So, anyways, that's an interesting little fact about me, that there is a twin butt print out there, and it's purple and gray. I want now to take the image of your butt print and, like, make it small into, like, buttons for our patrons. I would, let us know if you want because I'm down. I'll Everybody sign them. listening is going to be like, what? Is this, is this sex work? What is this? What's going on? They're the naughty Gorgons now. Just the naughties. I love how we went from procrastinating to talking about my butt. This is great. Thanks. Well, so now to relate it, was this butt print a form of procrastinating? It was actually something we had talked about doing for a long time. Okay. And it was something that my uh, husband helped me actually finish. Um, just so to explain, because I did just mention that another man has a 
picture yes. of my butt um, or painting, a print of my butt. Um, I, we're, we're polyamorous, and this is an ex-boyfriend that I'm talking about. Um, my my husband parties. helped me make both butt prints. Like, it was really funny watching me get down on the canvas and, and try to do this thing and do basically a backwards limbo move. To I was going to say the, like, literal gymnastics and yoga that would have to go into, like, the level of perfection and, like, cleanliness in that print. Because I've seen, like, the fails. I've seen, yeah. like, the fails posted and on the different Facebook groups, and I'm like, perfection and after i think that was part of the procrastination on that see i'm really relating back to the topic haha um um, but like the amount of prep that goes into prepping the canvas and putting the paint on and also i was custom mixing colors so like if i messed up i was gonna have to redo the whole thing um yeah if you wow. do anything wrong, and you're doing the foot separate, so if you get the angle of the foot wrong, which luckily I sit like a weirdo, so like my foot is at a weird angle, but it's literally how I sit when I sit that way. Like my foot goes out to like the side. Mm. Um, so it looks kind of weird to people who don't know me, but I know me, and it's in my house, so that one is fine. Um, but no, my husband helped me do that. It's something that he wanted for a long time. Nice. Um, and that's why ours is black and blue, because those are the colors that he wanted. Very cool. Yeah. So that was me actually finishing a project. Excellent work. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I put butt to canvas. Okay, so speaking <laughs> speaking of procrastinating, are there any projects other than your parka that you have been like super procrastinating on that you're like so procrastinated on that like you almost forget about it? everything like I'm just at this point where I have a stack of like I just have so many jewelry things that I have like a project list of of things that I need to do like and also that falls into also needing to put things up on my website Mm. I have been so bad about it including like I am a member of Alaska Source and I have two pieces of jewelry up on my website right now I'm like well this is great using the marketing for these two pieces of jewelry yeah um Probably helps that you have a friend who keeps buying all your pieces. (laughs) You know what? Actually, it's really funny because I do post things on Facebook and that is a part of the thing. I'm like, well, I just, I I have things to post, but it's not like I have 30 things to post. I have like five things to post because a whole bunch of them just get bought when I post them. Yeah. Like between you and, hi, Moni. Um, You and Moni just buy so much of my stuff that you kind of get first dibs. Moni's like right there. She's like, no, that's my piece. And I'm like, okay, that's your piece. <laughs> so much so that Moni angry reacts if I claim something first. <laughs> it's cute. It is. It's, it's cute. How much we love your work, though. I love it. Because even if I didn't personally know you, I would still be that like energetic about Aww. pursuing it. Thank you. So, yeah, it just helps that I know you and that everything's ethically done and, you know, no child labor. But definitely lots of jewelry. Lots of jewelry I'm impressed. I have a bag of like Tree of Life that I was, I remember I was working on at BMW last year in the lobby um, while I was waiting for my car to be done. Wow. And I'm just sitting there like working on like all these little trees because I can do that without tools. I can just like do it by hand. And so I have a bag of like these trees that don't have beads on them. Mm. And I haven't done anything with them. Yeah, I will say that just kind of makes me think of one of the tips that I would recommend for procrastinating, which is do your best to give yourself the opportunity to work on your projects as much as possible. Like, make them as portable as possible. Because, like, 
I'll be like standing in line and just like stuck in line at the store for 20 minutes. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to stitch. I'm standing in stitching, whatever. (laughs) So, which gets really awkward in places like Joanne's and Michael's because then I like worry that they think I stole something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I always have that worry too. Like, especially like if I've made, I'm I'm paranoid though. Because like, (laughs) but if I made something with fabric and then I come in and I'm like wearing it or like have it on my person in some way or I'm using it to get samples. I'm like, no, 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 I didn't like steal or I, snip this. I'm, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm using the fabric sample. I have a fabric sample or I have this item. Or like, you know, I don't know, I do a thing where I see something that's cute in the store and like it's, say it's a wallet or something. You take your wallet into the store the next time and I'm like, I didn't steal this. It has all my shit in it. Yes, <laughs> that anxiety. Oh, we're normal people. What are you procrastinating? Ooh, super good question. So my biggest procrastination project was actually the Sailor Moon sale. Um, And now that's done. And so now my other big procrastination, I have four stitch-alongs that I signed up for. I have all the materials for. I have the patterns for. And they have been so long done that, yeah, the boxes they're in literally have dust. That's actually, so the um, the stitch along that I was doing, I ended up just completely dropping it. And I think that during my recovery, if I feel up to looking at something that tiny, I might rehash it. So one of the issues I ran into was I was doing the peppermint purple sal. That's the one that for I... For 2020 or 2021, I don't even remember at this point. I think it was 2020. And it was the black work one. And I stopped partway through and so like didn't realize that they were archiving the group and all the files and I lost everything so yeah that's the thing is about that one is if I do I'm gonna have to get on that list because they have a way to give you back access if you can like show that you were active but like you have to request it before the end of the year or you lost it forever well it's not you have to buy it after the fact yep which like I don't mind buying and supporting her but I'm also just like, mm. yeah. So, because I also want to work on some of her other ones because they're really cool. The the buy the purchase ones, which are amazing. I bought her Alaska one, and I have really beautiful like variegated thread that's Ooh. named Northern Lights, and I'm thinking about doing it on black. That's so pretty. That would so. be so good. Yeah. Nice. I try to have good taste. But yeah, my big procrastinate. Oh, and then there's this stuffed penguin crochet project that I started last year and then stopped. I, I made a chain. That's how far I got. Oh, wow. I can do that. Yeah. And like, I, I do a Megarumi. I just like, and I was really excited about this penguin, but for some reason I'm like overwhelmed. Okay. So I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. I, I know. Oh, tell me. The wreath. Oh, shit. That's how bad it's been for crafting. This whole time I've been thinking about your wreath. I'm like, mention the wreath, mention the wreath. Like, apparently we don't have a telepathic connection because I've been like, Heather, talk about the wreath. And I was looking at your look at me and I was like, are you judging me for not having more? And then you're like, no, I'm judging you for not knowing your own. (laughs) Yes my wreath and it's funny because it's on the top of my project cart so I have a whips cart um with the intention of like these will be the things I work on first 
before I do the other things. The issue is I have not figured out a way to safely make the thing portable okay. because of the hot glue component. So, yeah, and maybe I th- I'll work on that tomorrow since my quilting class got canceled. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll just fucking finish it. Although it's now not in season. That's fine. That's fine. It'll be perfect. I finished my wreath and I was really impressed with myself, but I had no choice because I didn't buy sheet moss. I bought individual little bits of moss. I'm and impressed. so if I didn't do something with it, I was going to just have moss all over my living room forever. And my OCD just couldn't do that. Oh. So make your project as inconvenient to you, unfinished as possible, is my other. <laughs> <laughs> have to finish it because it's taking up too much fucking space (laughs) yeah it's a good idea it's a super good idea just make it like put it in on your dining room table make yourself eat around it like i don't know just make it horrible i also have bought all of these like felting kits that i've not done and they're like stressing me out because of how much i want to do them but i don't have the space at home to do them Tell me about felting kits. What's a felting kit? A kit with felt to make things. That sounds fun. Each kit is different. So I have a kit. I even brought the kits here because I was like, maybe we'll have time and I'll just do it here. But it's wet felting, which means it's a workout. So there's a lot of exercise that goes into it. But I got an autumn leaves kit that I really want to do. Then I also got a needle felting kit to do mushrooms. Just putting this out there uh, i'm gonna have room in my house for activities and there's a sink that's gonna be in a pass-through on the other side from my craft room oh. just a, just heads up and that you're not gonna, gonna have tiny children running through. and i don't have tiny children and i'm also gonna be at a point of like needing just an adult to be in my house so like you could also do me a favor by coming over on like a sunday and doing your own shit on the other side of the house if you wanted to be like, hey, Jesse, you want some tea? Yeah, you just need to make sure I get liquids and occasionally eat something and kick me to make sure I'm alive. Like, that's it. Ooh, we just had a plan to resolve Heather's procrastination. <laughs> so, our other pro tip, do it with a buddy. Yeah. Although, I have never really directly crafted with somebody. Unless it was a class. I have, but just with sewing. Because sewing is one of those things that you have to have. You have to have a buddy for sewing. Sewing by yourself is torture, I think. I mean, for me, it's just so much like the same thing over and over again. And all my sewing projects are these large multi-month things that like to not have someone help me. So that's a really good point. Because the only time I've worked on this parka was when I had someone's house to bring it over to. To sew my fur at. Mm. Yeah, because the only thing I can think of is I've I've crafted with people to learn things from them or to teach them things. The only exception being Gish. Yeah, Gish would be the only exception because mm-hmm. we were all crafting. So, but we were in our own spots crafting. I guess Girl Scouts, but mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like a class. Though. That's like a class. So, yeah. Those hmm. are all the tips that I have. I don't have any other tips. Other than nipple tips. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's late now, so it's like inappropriate. Heather is coming out. <laughs> I like the episodes where we're really tired because we are so raw. <laughs> it's like, yeah. This is what you're getting. You're getting gremlin us. Yes. All right. Have a fabulous whatever time of day you're listening to us. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Not So Crafty Gorgons. We really appreciate your support and we couldn't do any of this without you, our listeners. Cover art is by Marina Soul Art. Music is by Naveed, who is a min-me on Fiverr. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or rating on whatever platform that you prefer. And for exclusive content with the Gorgons, including tutorials, swag, and bonus episodes, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash notsocraftygorgons. For episode previews and other updates, follow us on Instagram at not underscore so underscore crafty underscore gorgons.